Hello again, listeners. Thank you so much for joining me at Sound Pollution this week. It is episode 57 featuring Round Rock Rick. We are going to be discussing his inspirations, background, working with Uncle Brent and Ricktoberfest. We will also be talking about how two of his cool tracks, Hey and Worried Feet, came to be. And as usual, we're going to be topping it off with a few cool stories and a little bit of advice pointed in the right direction. And we're off to the show. All right, listeners, I am here with Round Rock Rick. Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey, awesome. Thanks uh, for having me here. A little bit about myself. Gosh, uh, I guess the, the biggest thing music related wise that really kind of has uh, I'm trying to restart my career is retiring from the state of Texas after 29 years of service. Um, wow. You know, way back in the day, I've been in multiple different bands playing bass in a rock and roll band and then a country band and different stuff. And then I uh, really had to really concentrate, you know, on the job and not uh, be out there in the rock and roll world so much. Uh, but yeah, retirement, fantastic. And then you were just talking about Uncle Brent and, uh, you know, what a what a great musician he is and everything. Shout also. out. Shout out, Uncle Brent, uh, for sure. And also been an inspiration to me, really. You know, I, I retired and I thought about, you know, I've had, I've, I have, you know, songs I've been writing really my whole life, uh, you know, as an adult and, and ones I've, I've played out different places and new ones coming up. And I've done the singer-songwriter thing at open mics and all that kind of stuff. But he really inspired me to kind of put it all together and, and uh, was gracious enough to invite me up on several of his shows out in Hutto and different places and the Carousel Lounge down in Austin. and, and let The me, Carousel uh, Lounge is the one with the pink elephant, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Oh. You don't even have to drink and you can see a pink elephant as soon as you walk in there. So. Nice. Yeah, it's all circus themed. They have uh, like murals on the wall. I mean, it's a dive bar. It's a you know concrete bunker dive bar, but um, they they got a little uh, funkiness there. <laughs> so you were focused on work and you weren't playing. So did you did you give it up just because of work, or did you give it up because you were kind of disenchanted with the music scene in general? I mean, you know, there. I think it's a, probably a little bit of both in a sense. I mean, not, I wouldn't say just enchanted. I think my over over time, my expectations have have really kind of, of leveled out a little bit. You know, some of the stuff when I had, you know, my kids are in their 20s now, but when they were little and stuff and trying to go out and play a show and, and you're done yeah. at midnight, 1 a.m., you got to pack up all your stuff and bring it home and put it back in the garage and all that and then get up, and, you know, again in the morning and, and you made $2 last night. So Right. And that 530 alarm clock happens real fast. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I feel that. What got you interested in music, you know, before all that? You know, and, and being here with my dad, it, it kind of reminds me of those very early days. Like, uh, you know, this is when when I was a child and he had bought the Beatles records when they first came out. So he's got those in the house. And then, nice. um, incredibly, I had a little Fisher Price a record player, you know, just a toy, basically. But um, he would allow me to take the Beatle records up to my room and, and play them. And I would pretend to be a DJ and, and just, you know, it's 39 degrees in Jackson, Michigan at 2.25 p.m. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and here's the Beatles with uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Uh, so just right there just sparked me. And, and uh, you know, from then on, I, I never really had a lot of confidence and, and ability to play you know, an instrument at all. And, and, uh, and my friends, um, you know, did play guitars and stuff. So I started playing bass just to kind of, I wanted to be involved in it. You know, I don't have the ear for music as far as like hearing a chord or hearing a progression and be able to pick it out immediately. I've got to kind of study it and, and have somebody tell me, okay, that's G that's C. And then, then I can hear it and get it. But 
you know, that was the early days of really getting inspired and getting into it. Were there, I mean, other than the Beatles, because who doesn't love the Beatles? Now right, I said that, right. and now I'm going to get all this mail that's like, I don't. But Mick Jagger and Paul are having a little spat right now, I heard. So maybe, maybe are they really? <laughs> yeah, Paul's evidently said, my dad told me this, dude. Paul said uh, the Rolling Stones are just a blues cover band. <laughs> oh, that's gonna cause so much trouble. So, well, but Mick, guess what Mick says? Mick says, "Well, the Beatles don't exist anymore, and there's some band that's been on the road for 50 years." Yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm gonna have to Google that. I'll be sitting there a night on like social media, just go. drinking hot chocolate and watching watching people fight. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a a spat I can get behind or a conspiracy right there. That's that's all oh, that one. Glass <laughs> of wine and watch that unfold. Uh, but other than other than the Beatles, what are some of your musical influences? So I'm gonna say that probably the biggest one, just as far as um, like when you heard the the song Hey, we got that breakdown mm-hmm. part and it's got a weird you know with the the kind of random Hey 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 going on all over the place and that kind of stuff. Um, Frank Zappa, you know, really inspired yeah. me to do as far as you know, not being limited to the usual structures of songs and, and kind of being free to put something crazy in there. So, well, speaking of the song, I'm just going to jump into the song. Tell me about the song, Hey, other than what you just said. Yeah, Hey, and and, and, and again, back to Uncle Brent, he helped me really flesh out that that uh, that breakdown part. But basically it's about, I mean, it, it just kind of, it's, it's catchy to me and it and it has it has good rhymes and stuff and, and it just, it's fun. And so there's, there's nothing kind of down or dark about it. It's, it's uh, what I'd like to say. It's an invitation to joy. So come over by me now, come over here next to me and um, you know, let's just have a good time and, and drink lemonade and sit in the sunshine. Yeah, that was the vibe I got. It's really nice. Won't you say, won't you get your work done? Get that work done and you're lying on the sun. Hey, won't you say, won't you come and see me? Come and see me and we'll tease eternity. Hey, won't you come over by me now? Won't you tell me? Oh, please, 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 yeah. Hey, won't you say, won't you fly into my flame? Fly into my flame, I'm burning all the same. Hey, won't you say, won't you come into my love? Come into my love, all feeling full of wood. Hey, won't you, won't you come over by, by, by me now? Won't you tell me? Oh, please, 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 girl.
the shade. Hey, won't you say now? Won't you say hey? Hey, won't you say now? Won't you say hey? Hey, won't you? Won't you come over by, by, by me now? Won't you tell me? Oh, please, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Brent again. For sure, yeah. Look at him, he's on the show and I haven't even been on the show. Right. <laughs> And the biggest difference between I've been trying to record stuff for a long time, you know, on a little Fostex, little, you know, four track cassette and then digital stuff. And, um, you know, just I could do to a certain point, but I knew mm-hmm. that, that it should be better. And so now this time around, Brent, uh, again, but talked about uh, Fiverr, that service where you can go and find people um, yep. out there and, and work with. And it's been amazing. A, a guy in Spain, uh, Hugo. So I can send it. I can do it the best I can. I send it over to Hugo, and it comes back uh, the way that you hear it. And then send it to another guy, um, Flow Audio. And Joey send it to him over in um, in Great Britain. Comes back all mixed and mastered. So, I mean, I wish I could go to Spain and England and and be there with the song, but my my songs have traveled <laughs> to Europe <laughs> and back, but I didn't get to go. But that's cool, though. It, it is interesting, oh, yeah. especially over the last couple years, how we've learned to work together and get a good product musically without actually having to be together because there were all these restrictions. And and it's been kind of nice. Um, I know a lot of people that I've talked to have been doing that. You know, uh, yeah, Stacking Pennies is another one who he was, he was, you know, writing with somebody who was still in Pittsburgh and he was over here. And it was just yeah. it's been really nice in a way. You play bass. Do you play uh, any other instruments? No, just just bass and guitar. And uh, oh, that's okay. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I think I always feel more energy and better with all the original stuff. I can play some covers and stuff too, but it, to me, the more you hear it, the more you hear, you know, in a cover what's there, and I try to get it, do it better and better, and then. You can uh, to me, you can't really. It's rare that you can make a cover as you know as good or better than the original, and so you're just kind of tr- striving for that standard. When I'd rather kind of spend more of my time trying to get out what I have, you know, inside of me and getting my songs, you know, old and new, um, you know, out there for people to hear. Well, speaking of that, what is your? I mean, we've talked about you know Fiverr and Uncle Brent, but what is your how? What is your writing process like when you sit down to write a song? It can kind of vary. Sometimes it'll be mostly I will get like chord progression ideas and, and like little riff ideas when I'm first warming up and get ready to practice and kind of warming up a little bit and then not thinking about it where you're doing a little exercise maybe. And next thing you know, you're doing something different. You're like, oh, what is that? Uh, and then mm-hmm. kind of try to build that up and then try to see if I can find a lyric that goes along with it. At other times, you know, back to early high school days, I would just write, you know, just lyric and you know, kind of cliched songs and different things, but sometimes it'll be more from a, you know, not poetry, but more from a just, you hear the cadence of a vocal in your head or just like mm-hmm. a melody. And then, you know, all it takes is that one, uh, that one part of it, like, and hey, hey, won't you say, won't you get your work done? Once you have that, da, 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 then, uh, then you just go and, and find other words that kind of fit with it, with that same cadence and, and off you go and then trying to figure out how to put the chords to it. So it's, is it like that every time or is it 
that was a stupid question because you answered that before you started it. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm all thrown off. What do you like about writing music? I think it's it's I think at its heart, it's that thing of sharing something that is so deep inside of yourself, you know, core of your being when you can feel like you've brought that out and, you know, whether people hear it and whether they're touched by it or not. But regardless, when that comes out, it's it's like sharing a gift with the world in a way. And it just it just makes me feel really good. So do you like writing or playing more? I like playing more when I'm done with the show. <laughs> Going into the show, I'm always really nervous until it actually starts. Right. And at the end, it's such a good rush. It's like, that was great. Um, so I guess it's a different feel. You know, um, writing can be, it's a little bit more, I don't know, just, you know, more solitary, obviously. And, and in, in the end, uh, you know, satisfying, but still that brush and that I've always been a bit of a ham all the way back to like first grade trying to win a singing contest with uh, raindrops falling on my head mm-hmm. uh, and then hearing applause and, and having people react, uh, you know, react to what you're doing. Yeah, you can't beat that rush. So as far as music, would you say, would you say there was an aha moment for you where you were like, I have to be a musician? I mean, I know you, you gave it up for a while, but before you ever gave it up, was there just that moment you were like, this is it for me? That's a good question. Probably the most successful, but maybe during the time of the most successful like rock band that we had uh, was called Glass Alley. And fortunately, as before uh, YouTube and all that, it's kind of lost uh, to the ages right there. But um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we would play, you know, pretty big shows and, and we actually organized a show of our own out of the out of the city park and had people come out, had a great reaction. And it was kind of what I could where I could see. Not only friends coming to the show and family and enjoying it, but random people are just actually having uh, organic fans, I guess you might say. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Um you know, at that time, uh, my my wife, who unfortunately died about five years ago, uh, I'm so sorry. Person, yeah, she's 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 fabulous, uh, Maggie Kalawati. But we had a conversation at that time, and I was working. I was, didn't have the position that I had later, but I was working at the the abuse hotline for the state of Texas, and uh, you know, I told her I wanted to to pursue this, and uh, she said, "You have one year to be a rock star." You can go work it, and you got one year uh, to be a rock star. You got to go back to work. <laughs> she's she's tough in in some of those uh, situations, and and very smart uh, smart lady. And so, uh, you know, we did get a few more shows, and and, and kind of going up, and then we had a big uh, weird falling out with the singer who kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, and the band broke up, and that's the end of that story. How does the singer just disappear? Oh, good lord! So. Uh, <laughs> You don't have to tell me if you don't want, but the way you phrased it, I was like, did he just walk off stage and never came back? Uh, no, that's a good, that's a, one, another guy did that. And didn't, you know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was in one day bone. But yeah, this one, uh, it was weird, too, because it involves Uriah Heep, if you remember that band. So we were playing and playing. Allegedly, he, I mean, he was a, you know, obviously a singer, very, um, you know, outgoing and, and uh just a singer anything you could everything you can imagine with the singer uh and, you know voice like an angel as well so um allegedly he had met somebody the manager of Uriah Heep and we were going to go on tour with them to Australia and they were coming over to practice uh, the next week and uh and they were you know going to bring the people over and whatever we came to practice that day and they he never showed up and they never showed up and we didn't see him for a long time 
and, the fuck? Uh, right. So I didn't know anything about, you know, what happened or whatever until. So after Maggie died, uh, my friend Joe Pratt, who I've been in with so many bands, Joe uh, and I decided we're going to you know, try to find DR and figure out what actually, you know, happened. So now with Facebook and everything I found, he was served, uh, working at a restaurant in South Austin and we went down there and, and then he came over and talked to us later and said, now, who knows, you know, whether this is true or not or what really happened. But mm-hmm. um, he said that so he went to meet with uh, the Rahib representatives and they wanted him only and they wanted him to ditch the band. Right. And go uh, with them. Uh. And, and they were going to get him some new players and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and supposedly he didn't want to do that. And so he but then it, there's a hole in the story because he didn't want to do that. Why didn't he come back and tell us? So. Right. Yeah. There's a giant hole in that story, but um, I mean, that's you know, about about the the end of what I know about that. Oh shit! Can I leave that in? That was a cool story. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> friends with him now on Facebook. I don't hold a grudge against him. I'm friends with him now on Facebook right. and stuff. And I mean, who knows what really happened? We had some great times together, and we played some kick-ass music. That's for sure. Awesome. Hey everyone, there's a new season of sound pollution coming your way. I know it's been a really rough 18 months and we are not out of the dark yet, but I'm going to keep bringing you new independent artists, their music, and their stories, as well as some updates from fabulous musicians that have been here before. I will be introducing you to the occasional guest co-host this fall as well. Will I find a permanent partner for the show? If you're interested in being a guest musician on Sound Pollution or want to co-host an episode, shoot me a message at soundpollutionpodcast.com or soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Be love and make some noise. Speaking of playing kick-ass music, why don't you tell the listeners about Ricktoberfest? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited about Ricktoberfest. Uh, so about a, two years ago, I moved into a house in Round Rock, and next to me on one side... Um, is a park. It's about mm, maybe an acre, um, and it's maybe not the park you're thinking of. My daughter calls it a drainage ditch. Okay, there, <laughs> there, there is part of it that's a drainage ditch. There's a few trees. Um, you know, it's a nice open field, um, and then behind me, um, there's railroad tracks and then undeveloped land behind me, so I'm on a cul-de-sac. Right. And so, um, you know, I got thinking, you know, why, you know, play my guitar on the back patio and stuff, and it's like, man, it'd be great if people would just come out here and watch, and and so I got talking with uh, my friend Jeremy, who, who does knows how to do some woodworking and stuff. And we're like, yeah, we could we could build a stage right here and blah, blah, blah. And so um, and the more I got thinking about it, it's like, you know, why not? And so first thing I did is contact the city of Round Rock and asked them, telling them I'm going to have music in my backyard and I want to invite the public to come watch from the park. And so I'm, I'm going to have it there regardless of what you say, but I'd like to have the, the, the you know, invite the public as well. Right. You know, have a bounce house for the kids and sidewalk chalk. And we're going to try to raise money for um, Meals on Wheels of Central Texas, who's very special, has a special place in my heart as well. Um, and they said, OK, have a great event. No permit required. And so then it was just onward with the planning and uh, renting the porta potties and planning for the kegs and finding the bands, which I found some through Carousel. I just looked up who else has been playing at Carousel and started messaging them, you know, on Facebook and then uh, put an ad up on Craigslist for about two to three days and uh, sorted through them and then took the ad down real quick um, and found a total of seven, you know, different acts that are going to come out there and play. uh, Awesome. Yeah. This month? 
if it doesn't turn out great, whatever, we're still going to have a party and have fun and, and we'll try it again next year. That is awesome. And, you know, you know, every year you do it, there's going to be more and more people and you're going to raise more and more money. Yeah. And have a good time. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't invited to perform at ACL. So I thought I better just make up my own festival. There you go. (laughs) I love it. So let's talk about the next song. Okay. Uh, Worried Feet. Worried Feet. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we were talking about how, um, you know, process for writing songs and and it kind of went through a couple of different scenarios. This one came up actually totally different. It came up with the title first, Worried Feet, and and the idea of of what it was. And then I had to build everything around that, basically. So Worried Feet um, is that situation that that, uh, most or many of us have been in when um, you're at home alone and you're waiting for a loved one to come home and they're not on time. Um, and you're waiting and wondering what's going on and pacing around and uh, and just, uh, uh, you know, upset. And so I had the worried feed and, and no lyrics, no, no anything else to it. And so just over time kind of built up. I think first I got kind of the chord progression and then the, the break part where it's kind of like a, a clock ticking and you hear, hear somebody pacing across the floor um, and then just kind of worked on the lyrics and polished them up and tried to get, um, you know, get, get the feeling across. It was all, all the lyrics were to be going back to the title, how to, how to make sure you kind of keep that whole feeling of, um, you know, as much as, Hey, you know, is a fun, happy song. Worried feet is, uh, is full of anxiety. Yeah. It's definitely the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt the anxiety. I have anxiety. So like, I was like, Oh, I get it. Uh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it came from real things too. I mean, when I when I'm upset, I pace around the floor. It's 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 what I do. <laughs> just, just there's just a path in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not that bad. But yeah. That's that's what my grandma used to say. She'd, be, she'd say, "You are gonna wear home the carpet." <laughs> a given my hair has turned gray the red wings are scrubbing in my beard but has something more I got into you I'm doing more than my part to keep it weird and I don't but I wonder till I ache with you. I wonder all the way down to my worried feet. I'm pacing the floor, pacing the floor, pacing the floor. Yeah, I'm so scared. 
Well, if you weren't doing music right now, what would you be doing? Um, probably just more of the other stuff that I've been doing since retiring. And, um, you know, people warn me, warn me, oh, when you retire, you're going to be bored. You won't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't think so. And now it's been two years and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, so, uh, you know, I play golf, I like playing golf and, uh, you know, I don't care if I play well anymore or not. So that makes golf, you know, fun. If you care too much, it makes a very difficult uh, sport. You gotta, you gotta kind of take it as it goes. Uh, I like to go, you know, hiking and camping and, and paddling the kayak around, riding my bike, um, just kind of general outdoorsy stuff and watching football and, uh, just, just hanging out. Listen to music. Um, did it feel, did it feel like, that's not the right word. See, this is why I don't do live interviews. No worries. This is it. This is the, I did one on a, on a, for somebody else's like video music thing. And I was like, oh, you're going to regret this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm sorry. No worries. Um, I'm having a really good time. I really appreciate it. I'm having, I'm having fun. I, you know, like, like going on stage, I was anxious coming in here yep. and, and, and then once we get started, I'm just having fun. Did, um, coming back to music feel like returning to an old friend? I know that sounds really cliche, but did it just, did you just kind of fit back into it or was it sort of a struggle? I think I enjoyed it more than I enjoy it now more than ever. I appreciate it now more than ever. I appreciate anyone that would listen to me for 15 seconds, let alone, you know, come uh, drive down, you know, to, from their house to, to where I'm playing it and come watch me. So um, I, I think in kind of, you know, being on there under the lights and everything, it, that, that did feel like once it gets started, it, it felt very comfortable. Uh, you know, again, especially with Uncle Brent kind of getting up with him at his, so it's his show. And so I have kind of low, um, you know, nobody has any expectations for what I'm going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was a really cool way to kind of ease back into it. So it was kind of like meeting an old friend again. I think so. It like, was here we go. That's right. Yeah, they haven't seen it in a long time. And, and uh, you both changed a little bit, but you appreciate each other a lot more. This is a question I ask everybody, especially. And this is a good question for you because you didn't do music for a while. And then you kind of came back to it. What advice would you give somebody you know, or a younger person or just somebody who's getting into it again, what advice would you give them? Just, I think, and it's, this may sound a little cliche too, but I think it comes back to huh? that, that, that Zappa thing that I was talking about, about, you know, just be yourself and don't let anybody else put you in a box. If you, you know, you want to write songs and, and you want to you play and, and, and you like doing that, then, then do it and don't stop and don't let anybody um, harsh your buzz. Don't harsh my mellow. That's right. <laughs> God, where did I hear that? Probably my mother. Yeah, I'm probably showing my age then by saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, my daughter said to me the other day, they were doing a throwback day at school. Okay. And she and I'm just looking at her like, here we go. And she was like, where can I get some 50s clothes? I was like, how fucking old do you think I am? Dude? Oh, oh, she was like, well, you're not. You're not, but you would know where to get them. I, yeah. like, mm. I know you got that poodle dog skirt in your closet, Mom. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was really upset. Well, it's okay. 
you know, every day I turn on the classic rock station, one of my grunge bands is being put on it, and I just need to make peace with it. Right. Yeah, it's like the bumper sticker T-shirt that uh, people have, whatever. It's like, I may be old, but I saw all the cool bands. <laughs> That's true, because you probably, you had a chance to see people I'll never even get to see. Oh, my God. I saw so many uh, awesome bands, man. And, Who is your which, favorite person to see live? Uh, Who's your favorite them, concert? I just saw them last Saturday night uh, in Cedar Park, Texas, and that is the Blue Oyster Cult. Really? Oh, my, a little jealous. Yeah, 14th time seeing them. 14th time. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, well, okay, what's your second favorite? Oh, gosh. Uh, second favorite concert that I ever went to. Ever. Um, well, it's got to be the very first one that my dad took me to in 1976. And Detroit Cobo Hall, which would be Kiss. Oh, my God. <laughs> With all the flames, the spitting like of the, the blood, the smoking guitars, everything. Wow. Yeah. I think my, my favorite so far um, is Tool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they were a trip. Yeah, I hadn't gotten into them until more recently. And, and uh, uh, of course, the, the Sober song, I, I try to play that acoustically, which is people don't recognize it right off the bat. They're like, wait. That's the concert you, I went to. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Do you have any other upcoming shows besides uh, Ricktoberfest? Um, yeah, I have uh, back at Carousel again on December the 10th, I believe. Um, it's a Friday, 5 o'clock happy hour show there. Sweet. So um, we, that's kind of a cool place because it's kind of centralized in Austin. And, and a lot of people I used to work with, um, it's not too far for them to come over if they want to come over after work. So, um, yeah, Carousel again. So do you have any uh, social media or website stuff that you want to shout out? I need to do a lot better with that. I think I have, you know, just the, you know, you can find me on, on the YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but, um, and, and, and Facebook, I don't really have a, a whole webpage or anything yet, but, um, uh, certainly anyone can reach out to me on Facebook and, and, uh, I'm right there to, to chat with you or whatever. And, and is there anything else you want my listeners to know about you? Besides going to Ricktoberfest and downloading Rick your music on Spotify. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think the, the one last thing that, that I didn't say, uh, talking back to the song, Hey, um, is a, a plan I have for the spring that I'm real excited about. Um, okay. I think I did, I did okay on the vocals. I think I did better on Worried Feet. But really, my total vision for Hey is to find a female singer that can sing that song in Spanish. And I think it's just going to crush at that point. Can you imagine? You've heard it. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, that'd be really, really pretty. Really cool, right? Wouldn't it be cool? That'd be so pretty. Yeah, so that's that's springtime. I want to bring that out before summer. Uh, hopefully somebody will hear this mm-hmm. and holler at you. All right, well, Rick, I don't want to keep you from your dad at his uh, birthday week. Awesome. Happy birthday, Dad. All and right. I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you right now. It was a a pure joy. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you click those links below and show this artist some love. Also, I am aware that I was supposed to have an announcement last week, but shit happens. I will be hitting you up this Wednesday live on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube with some upcoming announcements and to let you know who's playing and where this weekend. Still seriously considering a co-host, and by seriously, I mean um, just really looking for the right person at this point. 
If you are interested in that, please make sure you hit me up at the email soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. That's the same email you can use if you are interested in being on the show. I want to thank you again for listening. Get vaccinated, be love, and make some noise.